0: Hello, and welcome to Impact the Borough, a podcast from the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. I'm Brent Christensen, President and CEO of the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. Each week, a chamber staff member will sit down with a guest to discuss what we're doing to start and grow businesses, create quality jobs, develop our workforce, and tell the inspiring story of Greensboro to the world. This podcast is brought to you by TrueLiant Federal Credit Union a modern, mission-driven financial institution focused on the needs of its members, the businesses it serves, and our community. With five locations in Guilford County, including a dedicated commercial lending office at Friendly Center and a highly rated mobile banking app, Truliant makes it their business to help you grow yours. Visit truliant.org for more information. All right, well today I'm here with two members of our leadership team. Uh, We're hosting the final episode of our first season of our podcast. Uh, our first person joining me today uh, is, uh, I know, well-known to to everyone. Uh, that's Tracy Myers, our Executive Vice President of Member Engagement. Welcome, Tracy. Hey, Brent. You're already decorated for the holidays. I love it. Great to see that. Um, everybody needs some pick-me-up right now, and so it's great to see you all decorated. Um, and then our second uh is a newer member of our staff, The actually the newest member of our staff, uh, Marvin Price. Marvin is our new Executive Vice President for Economic Development. He is uh, joining us, or should I say we stole him from Charlotte, uh, and he's on, Marvin, is
1: this week three of your journey yeah. with us? Yeah. Great, great. Well, welcome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I'm really excited to be here, excited to be a part of the Greensboro family and ready to do some awesome and amazing things.
0: Great, great. Well, we're gonna we're gonna do a couple of things uh, with this podcast. We're gonna talk about um, a year unlike any other, um, and we're gonna talk about uh, maybe a little bit look ahead to 2021, which uh, can't help but be a whole lot better year uh, than the year of year 2020, but. Yeah, 2020 got started for us uh, at the chamber in a really unique way. So I guess that was just kind of a, a hint of what was to come, uh, Tracy, when we started off with an annual meeting, um, unlike any other that we'd had before.
2: Right. I remember kicking off the first episode of the podcast at the beginning of the year, and we were talking about annual meeting and how we were moving from annual dinner to annual luncheon. And that was such a big change for us. Right. So we thought that was a massive change um, at the beginning of 2020. So we started by celebrating the U.S. Figure Skating Championships. Um, with a reception um, and with our annual luncheon for the first time. And I remember saying at the end of the annual luncheon, next year we will see you at dinner because there's no way that we won't be here together for dinner. Um, So just to to preview that a little bit, um, we are planning for 2021. We're working on our program of work and we're working on that calendar. So go ahead and save the date for a virtual annual meeting on January the 27th at 1145. Um, We've got some wonderful surprises in store that we won't quite spill the beans on yet, but it's gonna be another unique annual meeting and one that we're really excited about um, on the 27th.
0: Well, you know, at this point, we are pros uh, at virtual meetings, right? I mean, we, we had to pivot very early. I remember, um, you know, getting ready for the ACC basketball tournament, and uh, actually the day the, that my beloved Duke Blue Devils were going to play, um, I was ready to go when everything just kind of stopped um, uh, very suddenly. Um, and you know, every everybody had to had to pivot. The the very next day, we started talking about what can we do to help our members? What is it that we can provide as a chamber in terms of services uh, to help our members? And that's where the daily action calls were born. Um, and so Tracy, talk a little bit about daily action calls and, and where, we, where we started out, what we explored and, and, and everything that went on for, gosh, I think a couple of months we did those every right. day, right? Uh,
2: 10 weeks. There were 10 weeks of a call every single day. Um, So yeah, I vividly remember standing in the middle of downtown at the Tanger Center, looking at the big screen when the ACC tournament was canceled. Um, And we really did pivot very quickly. Um, The first, one of the first conversations we had um, was around how do we support the business community and bring them the content and information that they would need. So we all went home. Um, and gathered really quickly. Um, Brent had us on daily calls having conversations around what the members were looking for, what resources they needed, and what connections we had out there to get them the answers to those questions. So we did 10 weeks of daily calls, um, really designed around bringing the experts to the table um, from healthcare to PPP loans um, to PPP, PPE equipment. Um, to, you know, how to shift to working from home, how to set up your home office. Um, We had some really interesting calls. We had Action Greensboro bringing us live entertainment. Um, We had a virtual um, Grasshoppers um, baseball game. Um, There was a lot of really um, fun and unique pieces to that, Um, but a lot of it was just about having those resources together. So over those 10 weeks, we reached over 5,000 um, folks. And that's been something that we've brought back at different times. We've incorporated some of those topics into coffee and conversation as we've gone through those months um, and something that we definitely can bring back if it's needed. Um, but the daily action calls, they, we, we still hear people say, I remember listening to you guys every single day um, for those 10 weeks.
0: I remember the first call we had, um, you know, we had an expert um, from the banking industry on, and, and his, his words rang true, I think, the entire time, which was, if you don't have a personal relationship with your banker, you better get one, um, and you better, if you can't get your banker to call you back, you need to find a new banker, um, and you better be ready, you know, get, every, get all of your paperwork ready, get um, a, a handle on what your business looks like now, um, and, and prepare yourself. Um, and I think those businesses and thankfully we were able to bring that sort of program programming, those businesses that heard that and got themselves prepared PPE or PPP. <laughs> listen to us we're <laughs> we keep interspersing those two um, PPP was a, was a relative breeze, right? Um, they knew their banker. They knew how much they needed. They knew they, they had a handle on, you know, what their revenues had been up, up to March, they were they were prepared to take advantage of the relief that was coming their way, um, and I I worry about the businesses who hadn't gotten that kind of preparation uh, ahead of time. Um, and you know, I think I think what we're seeing in Greensboro is we've yes, this has been a hard hit to our small businesses, but not nearly as bad as if those businesses hadn't been prepared. Um, I'd love for the chamber to take a lot of that credit, but I also know that we've got some incredible businesses and business owners in this community as well. Um, And we're, we're fortunate and blessed to have that.
2: Right. And, you know, I remember very early on having conversations around, you know, how do we support our membership and how do we support the community as a whole? And I think that is one of the things that I'm the most proud of um, was, you know, immediately we started calling every single one of the members. We called all 1300 members personally to ask, What is it that you need and what resources can we provide? But then on top of that, it was opening those daily action calls to the entire community and being able to have those conversations across our membership, but across the community as a whole, and really focusing on making those connections. We know those businesses, we know those resources, and introducing some of them um, that maybe had never made a connection and had never met. And so maybe I don't have that relationship with my banker and I don't know exactly what I need to put together. And I know there were times when Deborah Hooper was on the phone with folks saying, I've got the application right in front of me and I'll walk through it with you and let me get a banker on the phone with you so I can help them make that connection for you. I think those have been the really um, the really rewarding moments through the process um, where we've learned some of the things that people were looking for and we were able to make those connections and and put those folks in the room together, even virtually. I mean, I think that's that's the heart of what we do, right? We're the premier business organization in the community and we have those connections and it's about putting those relationships in place. Um, Sometimes we're not even part of it. It's just making the connection and being able to step back and see what comes from it.
0: That's right. That's right and we and, and as we talked about we had to we had to move all of our programming to, to virtual just for everybody's safety um, Coffee and conversation became a virtual event. I know you all were doing uh, and, and continue to do a lot of a lot around membership right since we can't get together and you can't have that networking you've been doing a lot of, of virtual networking and then came August and and you know we have two events that we love to do in person that are our two big, premier events. Thankfully, we've been able to do, as we talked about, annual meeting in person in January, but here comes State of Our Community uh, in August, and we've got to find a way to do this virtually, um, and I will tell you, um, Megan Mabry and, and Holly West, uh, as uh, as well as Ainsley Johnston, um, Ainsley and Megan have their uh, their backgrounds in theater, um, and I thank... God, every day that we have them on our team, because in terms of production quality, um, you had to, that, that event had to be of high production quality because of what it means for this community, and, and they just knocked it out of the park.
2: Absolutely. That that event was um, a long time coming, and we were having a conversation, I remember, at my desk in March, um, the week before the ACC tournament, and said, you know, We may have safety awards and small business awards in jeopardy if this thing hits our community the way that we think that it is, but we were already talking about August. We were already um, planning out that far. That is an event that gets planned very early in the year. A lot of thought goes into it, and we brainstormed that event through the spring and through the summer with, okay, maybe. Maybe the tide will change. Maybe we will we will be able to be in person. And here's plan B. And I remember Ainsley having a plan D. I remember having A, B, C, and D. And going over those plans over and over, um, what really started to come to the forefront was, we may not know exactly how we're going to put it on, but we know exactly what we need to discuss. And so, Pretty quickly, we came to um, the space of public health, education, equity, and economic recovery. As we got closer to the event, we realized economic recovery was going to be a thread that that wove itself across each one of those topics. Um, so it was it was definitely um, the blessing of having our theater folks um, and extremely creative minds in that process. We knew we wanted to be at one of the local venues. We knew we wanted to um, support, Triad stage, and you know, just the the providence of walking in, and and the set being set for Pride and Prejudice, and it being in the chamber colors, and you know, we still have folks that say that was that done for you guys? Was that you know there specifically for that day? Um, but it wasn't. Uh, we talked about you know how do we get somebody like Mandy Cohen on the phone? How do how do we have you know if we're going to talk public health? we need the top health expert um, for our region. And how do you do that? And, you know, that's the beauty of Terry Aiken and Cone Health being able to make some connections. And so that I think was was a beautiful event um, that came out of a lot of creativity and innovation um, put together with the topics that we knew we needed to cover.
0: Yeah, it was, it was a great, I mean, I, I continue to get um, a lot of uh, praise, not for me, for the chamber, uh, because um, uh, I didn't have a whole lot to do with the production, um, but everybody was blown away by the production. Uh, a lot of great compliments. As a matter of fact, um, my friend Lauren Hill at High Point uh, EDC asked, you know, who, who did that for us? And he used the same group to, to do his annual meeting, knowing what, a, what an incredible product he would get. Um, that would knock people's socks off. And and they did a great job for the High Point EDC as well. Yeah, Tracy, uh, a year or so ago, um, a number of us went to see a leadership program that was being put on by another chamber in another state, um, and came back all charged up about we need to put on this leadership program for our community. We need to line up a number of speakers, and we'll have it in the theater, and there'll be great networking opportunities, and book signings, and um, you know, just a full day of, of people getting leadership training and getting getting fired up. And we came back and said, "Great, we're going to do it." We gave it a name, Impact. We started lining up speakers, and again, COVID hits, um, and again, we have to we have to pivot and do something different. Um, and so we were still in the Carolina Theater. Unfortunately, it was empty. Uh, we still had incredible, uh, you know, international uh, expert speakers. Um, some of them from right here in Greensboro. Um, and I was incredibly proud uh, of the product. Um, talk about um, the reach that we got with that and, and kind of the, the feedback we've gotten on that, that leadership conference that, you know, again, fingers crossed, um, you know, we'd like to do that in person um, because, because there's just a, um, a different element that comes to having uh, those, those type of events in person
2: we love impact. We we believe in impact. We know that it's a model that works. We know that it's something that Greensboro really should own. Um, Greensboro knows leadership. We, we do leadership. Leadership Greensboro um, has been running for years and years. Um, just wonderful classes coming out of Leadership Greensboro. Some of the um, community leaders that have been through that program, um, we, we do that well. Um, Working together with the Center for Creative Leadership, working with the Truest Leadership Institute. I mean, it, it's what we know. Greensboro knows leadership. Um, so we were very excited about the conference. We had already booked John Gordon. We were working on, with local speakers. The talent in this community is unbelievable when it comes to this topic. Um, so we were just pushing full on um, into October. It was another one of those where we said, okay, well, maybe we'll be able to get folks in there. Maybe we'll get 25 in there. Maybe we'll be able to get 50 in there. Um, and we recorded it to an empty theater um, and we were able to share it. Our original intent was to have about 500 attendees um, and we had over 500 watched the first day and over 500 watched the second day. We saw that stat hit over a thousand. So we were absolutely thrilled with the reach that it got, Uh, but even more so with the quality of the content and the ability of folks to chat live throughout that event. So we got to see our speakers come live on the chat and have one-on-one conversations with attendees and really get to engage with folks um, that way so the feedback has been phenomenal Um, again it's a model we know we know it works um, and we just absolutely love it Um, if you did not um, purchase a ticket to the conference the beautiful thing about this year is that it is recorded we do have it on file and it is still available for purchase on our site. We're going to have that up there until December the 31st so if you or someone you know um, would like access to that conference you can actually still purchase your ticket and get access to the full conference um, online. We are already convening our steering committee for 2021. We've got some incredible ideas We've seen what works. We've seen what we want to add. So we very much hope we will be in person. Um, but we will be back um, next year in October.
0: Awesome. Well, we'll keep fingers crossed that uh, that will be in person. You know, um, through the summer, uh, all of a sudden we were uh, we were working on uh, a lot of equity issues as well. Right? Um, you mentioned we we had that as part of our uh, state of our community programming but um, we did another uh, event with uh, with the help of the library uh, with one city one film talk a little bit about about that and and the thought process behind that and, and what we thought what we think we got out of that which I think is a lot
2: right um, so with the issues around social justice um, that is very near and dear to the chamber's heart um, other voices, Um, is in, I think it's 28th year this year. And so this is a topic that we cover at least once a year in the community um, with extensive training. And it's also a conversation that we often have internally as we talk about our core values and about how we approach the community as a whole. Um, So we were immediately looking for ways to get that information out, ways to share that information, ways to make an impact. Um, And the partnership with the library came up. Um, So the library does one city, one book um, every year. And so they choose a book and and encourage people all throughout the community to read the book and have conversation um, and dialogue around that. So out of that was born the idea of one city, one film. And so the film that was chosen was The Hate U Give. And we had community conversations. Um, We encouraged people and gave them the opportunities to see the film. And then we did a series of community conversations where we discussed the topics. We discussed racial equity. We talked about policing in Greensboro. So we gave everybody a medium to, to watch this film and, and kind of process your emotions and then come into these community conversations. And we had elected officials and we had the mayor on those calls. Um, we had facilitators from different organizations kind of all throughout the city. And the, the whole thinking behind that was, this is something we cover. This is an issue that we work with um, every single year, but we need to come together as a community and have these conversations. We're not the only people who discuss this. They're, are several folks across the community who can facilitate these conversations. Uh, But we started having those um, and did a full series of those um, around One City, One Film.
0: I'm glad that you mentioned other voices. Um, You know, that film is powerful. um, And I've seen it a number of times now. And, and, you know, I I still catch new things every time I I watch it. When I first got here uh, to Greensboro about five years ago, um, a friend said listen if you if you want to be a part of a program that's going to change your life you need to be a part of, of other voices um, and so I went through it um, and they were absolutely right and so one of the things I would say is if you're listening to this and you haven't been through a diversity program or an equity program or a social justice program um, we've got that for you um, and not only that but one of the outcomes comes of it is you'll meet people who are not like you, um, and build incredible relationships. Um, Ivy G and I couldn't be more different. Um, other than, you know, starting off with the fact that, you know, I'm a dookie and she's a Tar Heel lover. Um, but, but, you know, I say that if you looked at, when I say, you know, couldn't be more different. Um, people would look at us and say, those two could never be friends. And we're, we're great friends coming out of that, if they were just to look on the surface. Coming out of that program, once you delve in and get to know somebody and get to know somebody's heart and and become those friends, those are lasting friends forever. So you get this great training and you get that opportunity to meet some folks who are going to be friends of yours in this community forever. Um, so a great, a great, great program, but not our only Minority or equity programming. Talk talk a little bit about our minority business accelerator, which continues to make progress uh, this year as well
2: yes definitely so a couple of things we're in year 28 for Other Voices um, so we will be recruiting again um, next year in the spring for the next class Um, we are also starting in January a new version of Other Voices which will be an executive program so we will be offering a specialty class twice a year um, for C-suite individuals so we know that we have a lot of organizations that support the work of Other Voices and we know that if we can get in the leadership level that is going to affect community change very quickly. So we are very excited to see that program kick off in January. Um, We also um, started The expansion of the minority business accelerator. So the minority business accelerator was started in 2017 after an inner city visit to Chattanooga, uh, where we saw their minority business accelerator and came back and had a task force work on what our model would look like. And so it's designed to take minority business entrepreneurs um, and give them the tools that they need to become sustainable, scalable, successful businesses. And so three years into the program, we're at a little over $4.5 million in new minority business revenue that's been generated through that program. And it's definitely time to see it expand. So we have done a couple of things. Uh, We have rebranded the Minority Business Accelerator as Accelerate Greensboro. Um, wanted to give it a forward motion name. We wanted to add some excitement to that and really um, give it branding that felt very indicative of the work that's being done there. Um, We are also in recruitment phase and we'll begin info sessions tomorrow um, for Scale to Excel. Scale to Excel is a seven month program um, provided Um, as a subsidized program from the Chamber of Commerce. So we've actually achieved underwriting to provide this $10,000 program for free um, to minority businesses in our community. They will receive the um, seven months training. They will have marketing training. They will be um, versed in building a pipeline of support. They will leave our program with a three year strategic plan and we will stay with them for those three years to make sure that those things are executed upon and that they are growing um, in the community as well.
0: Awesome. Uh, And before I let you go, let's look a little bit into next year. Um, And you mentioned it a little bit uh, at the beginning of this, but our our annual meeting will be upon us before we know. I mean, we're almost at Thanksgiving. Christmas will come through. We'll get into the new year and we'll be annual meeting and and where we typically would be seated with uh, 800 of our closest friends in in Greensboro having dinner. Um, I don't know that we're going to be able to do that uh, at this point. So talk about plans for uh, our annual meeting in January.
2: Right. So annual meeting will be on January the 27th at 1145. Uh, The link is out and you will be able to um, get that link through the podcast, but you'll be able to go to our website as well and sign up um, for annual meeting and we will have more details about our exciting plans for annual meeting Um, we will be passing the gavel we will have a new board chair um, Anita Bachman Um, coming in at that annual meeting we have a couple of awards that we will give out but then we have a very exciting new project Um, that will be shared and and you guys will be able to take advantage of. We have some very creative networking options. So there's a premium ticket option this year that will get you into some exclusive breakout rooms um, with some exciting guests. So we're looking forward to that. Um, And we're already planning for the whole year. So we are working on our sponsorships. We're working on our events. Um, everything is planned in person with a backup plan um, to get us through virtually. So we've become very good at having a couple of options on the table, Um, but we're looking forward to a good year. We know that we're going to be working a lot on economic recovery. We're looking very closely at how we support, especially our small businesses as we move into the year, how we support all of our businesses, how we work with each of the members. Um, So we're excited and definitely excited about economic development and how that's gonna go in 2021
0: as well. All right, well, thank you, Tracy. That's a great lead in. As usual, you're great at leading into, into the next part of our conversation. And of course, uh, I introduced him earlier, Marvin Price is with us, our new executive vice president uh, for economic development. Uh, Marvin, welcome. Tell us your your initial impressions of, of Greensboro and, and why you came here. Other than me being such a great recruiter, um, <laughs> How, what what brought you to greensboro what what did you what did you see and then you know kind of a few weeks in what what has surprised you i would say
1: well uh one of the key reasons why i wanted to come to greensboro is to be the third largest city in the ninth largest state that's a great opportunity in itself and to see that my time here thus far i feel that greensboro is a sleeping giant and it's only, we've only stretched the surface of what it truly can become. And with the interconnectivity and one of the most slept on uh, factoids that we have about Greensboro in this region, a workforce of over 800,000, that's really impressive. The connectivity with I-85, I-40, an international airport, intermodal system, what more could you ask for? As far as community amenities, the low cost of living, the low cost of doing business. It's, I have so many weapons to be competitive with a collaborative business community, with an outstanding city council and a county commission that are pro business. And something that really has been near and dear to my heart to what I've seen is the willingness to have difficult conversations as well. So, knowing all of these things moving forward, I, I, I truly think. We're on the precipice of doing some amazing things in the Greensboro community.
0: So tell us a little bit about your background. I know, um, you know, our, our chairman, Derek Ellington, is a big Alabama football fan. <laughs> I know he was a little concerned about your your background and, and your allegiance to Auburn. Um, those of us with Duke and Carolina ties kind of understand that rivalry. Um, but I know you'll say it's, it's, it's much more intense even than Duke and Carolina. Um, but but I, I, know, I know you cut your teeth in, in economic development in Alabama. Tell us about uh, your experience in economic development, if you would.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I um, received my master's in community planning with a concentration in economic development from, the state, uh, from Auburn University and also did an internship with the state of Alabama, uh, a pilot program, actually, for the Economic Development Association of Alabama and then was able to work for a regional economic development organization, the Birmingham Business Alliance, a a fairly sized metro. I cut my teeth in the natural gas industry doing uh, industrial and commercial work, but had an opportunity to get back to local economic development with the Charlotte Regional Partnership prior to the merger to becoming the Charlotte Regional Business Alliance where my last position was the vice president of economic recruitment, where essentially I went after domestic and international companies to get them to grow and expand in the Charlotte market, 11 counties in North Carolina, four counties in South Carolina. So my goal is to take all of that information, all of that expertise and bringing it here to Greensboro and trying to capitalize on all of the amenities and assets that we have in the community.
0: That's great. That's great. What, what do you love about economic development? What, what, uh, what excites you about, about this job and this profession that you've chosen?
1: Oh my God, I, I mean, I could go on, this could be a whole nother podcast. But uh, one of the key reasons why I love economic development is because you get to mix your love for community with business and you actually help to create jobs or to recruit jobs and give people an opportunity to provide for their family in a unique way. And outside of being a doctor, lawyer, teacher, policeman, this is this is one of the roles where you can truly impact your community for years to come. That's awesome. That's awesome.
0: Talk about some of your past successes. What, what, are, what are some of the, the projects that you've landed that you that you remember and maybe some that you lost that you learned from?
1: you know uh well one of the first ones that i will talk about is a loss and that was the alliance bernstein deal being a part of the team uh on that site visit working with that company one of the key takeaways is that a company wants connectivity they want collaboration and they want to see things from a perspective that will benefit their employees uh, and so being able to talk about teamwork, uh, economic development is a team sport through and through and uh, consultants want uh, the easiest way to win a deal and to present a community to its uh, its clients from a Project win that is near and dear to my heart. I talk about it all the time. It's Delondia Manufacturing in Bessemer City, number one because it was one of the most difficult projects that I've ever worked on in my life. Uh, but also because it was transformative to Bessemer City, North Carolina, and Gaston County. So being able to work on a deal where the client was a little bit tricky and a little bit difficult to work with. However, being able to get that project to come to fruition, working with our partners at the state of North Carolina and the local partners in Gaston County, that was really uh, a team effort in itself so being able to win that deal and, and make it happen in a community that needs success uh truly it was that is by far one of the highlights of my career
0: yeah you know 2020 has been an interesting year for economic development as well uh um you know project activity is down Not haven't dropped off the cliff but but certainly down from uh from 2019 um, but we still had some good wins. We've had uh, UPS choose to expand uh, here bringing hundred and forty jobs at a at a really good wage. Uh, we've had prepack manufacturing out of Canada choose uh, this area. they know our furniture heritage. Uh, um, they also know that they found a great building here. Um, I would say you know Marvin, one of the things we probably need to be working on as a as a region going forward uh, in in 2021. Uh, is continuing to en- encourage product development, right? So Prepac chose uh, this area because we had this great spec building um, that was ready to go, right? They could pour a floor and install their equipment and build some offices inside, and, and they were away and running. And we love that too because it means they can get there, they can start hiring and get employees going very quickly. We just saw that uh, Publix is is going to uh, ramp up quicker than we thought and and expand into a, a second warehouse. Uh, very quickly out in uh, Eastern Guilford County, East Greensboro. Um, So there's a lot to be said for being ready with product. Marvin, what what are your thoughts on the product that you've seen uh, in Greensboro and Guilford County since you've been here?
1: Well, I think the product is amazing, but I am going to use a phrase that I've heard time and time again in sports. When you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And one of the beauties of Greensboro being so successful is that some of that industrial space is coming off of the market. However, that's going to leave a hole where clients are looking for speed to market. So if we don't have any spec buildings or cleared sites ready to go or office space ready to go, then that's going to hurt our chances of landing some premier opportunities in the Greensboro market
0: and I, I know you you've you've taken up residence in 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 downtown greensboro um, and so you get a chance to see an awful lot that's going on in downtown Greensboro in terms of new office buildings and and the like. so uh, talk about opportunities that you might see for for you know downtown greensboro and office projects and that sort of thing.
1: No, absolutely, as you see in the major markets like the New Yorks and the Chicagos of the world. A lot of companies are having to reevaluate their real estate portfolio, and that gives tier two communities an opportunity to really hone in on that spoke, and, that spoke and will model. So being able to market ourselves as a regional headquarter mecca, if you will, is a great opportunity. And we have a lot of office space that we can capitalize on. And the question is whether or not we're going to be able to to fill that space it's it's not a question of if when so it's all of the developers that are listening i think this is an opportunity to get ahead of the game for the next opportunity because we know as the u.s we're going to come back stronger than ever so
0: well i know i'm looking forward to 2021 i'm awfully glad uh, that you uh, that you joined us um, you're going to make an incredible impact on this community, on our organization, and this community in general. And so, welcome to Greensboro, welcome to Guilford County. Um, let's get to work. I know you've already gotten to work, so I should I, I shouldn't say that. But um, <laughs> there's an awful lot uh, to look forward to uh, in in 2021. So thanks for thanks for joining us.
1: No, thank you for having me, and thank you to everyone that has given me warm welcomes. I, I truly appreciate it.
0: Well, thanks to everybody for joining us on what is, again, our final uh, podcast of, uh, of 2020, uh, 36 total episodes. Um, let's look at these numbers. Uh, of all the downloads on the podcast up to now, and I'm sure that this will go up, uh, 1,930 total downloads so far on YouTube. Uh, you've, you've looked at our ugly mugs uh, 1,619 times on YouTube. Um, so thank you. Thank you. We love this sort of interaction. We love being able to get information out uh, in this fashion and, and being able to talk about all the great things that are going on with the chamber and with the community in general. So thank you. And one final thank you. I have to, I have to make is Holly West, uh, a member of our staff who who makes us look good um, makes us sound good on these podcasts. This is her idea. Um, she brought this to us and she has now brought it to you and you, we can't thank you enough, Holly, for all that you do on these uh, on these podcasts, making them happen. And we're looking forward to another great lineup in 2021. So thank you. Have a great holiday season. And we'll see you again in 2021. This podcast is brought to you by Lion Federal Credit Union, a modern, mission-driven financial institution focused on the needs of its members, the businesses it serves, and our community. With five locations in Guilford County, including a dedicated commercial lending office at Friendly Center and a highly rated mobile banking app, Truliant makes it their business to help you grow yours. Visit truliant.org for more information. You can find all of our episodes on YouTube thanks to our video sponsor, North State. Impact the Borough is recorded at Press Play Studios. Producers are Brody cohen Glaze and Holly West. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at GSO Chamber. See you next time.